Hey crew, I'm Cam Explains, and this is Run the Block, the first show that's bringing together coaches, podcasters, and local business owners to innovate and collaborate, because I think there's crazy crossover that no one is talking about between these three amazing groups, from lessons learned to finding untapped and potential new revenue stream. Our goal is to help you get more subs, customers, clients, and more using the perfect formula of know-how, storytelling, and kindness. So you too can easily create content that converts, add more cash to the bank, lift up your community, and ignite your biz without being stuck in no man's land ever again. Welcome, 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 one and all. Thank you for joining us for another episode of either Run the Block or the Live Rich Project. We're not sure. Could have a different name change. Could could not be changed. Maybe it's the same. If you're confused, it's okay. We'll explain shortly. I'm joined today by the best co-host in the world and the architect of everything and anything, Mr. Michael Clifford. How you doing, Mr. Michael? <laughs> Mr. Michael, that's what my mom called me when I was like five or six. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the intro. Architect of basically whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Uh, we were talking about the the Matrix uh, before we started recording, and that's what it just reminds me of. You know, every time I see when when you say that, like I just think of the dude sitting in the chair, just clicking the pen, right, and the TV TV changes. So, welcome, Mister Architect of everything, dude. There's been so much going on, and some of it we've caught up on, and some of it we haven't. Even though virtually, you know, we're in communication most days. It's about twenty seven thousand different things, and so. Over the last, you know, week and a half, we've had balloons being shot down yesterday and the day before, basically the last 36 hours, we've had other things being shot down. We've had reports that the material that the things that were shot down made in the U.S. Um, we've had one of our favorite entrepreneurs who also does a podcast, PBD, has been in several arguments with several different <laughs> people. Uh, that's been interesting. Dude, there's been so much going on. AI's taken over. Every, I'm pretty sure every minute there's a new AI AI bot launch that does something else revolutionary. And people are freaking out because they're worried that they're going to take all the jobs and then you're just going to be able to be creators. And now all the creators are worried that their jobs are gone. And it's like, well, who's left because nobody works in McDonald's anymore? All the bots. <laughs> what do we do? They're in the world. Man, where do we even start? Uh, AI, go just go in reverse order. Just just go go right for AI. Let's let's tease a let's tease AI. Let's hold that for one second. I want to talk to you. Okay, off my own bias and and just quickly, uh, about the balloons, man, because I live in Myrtle, which is where the thing was shot down. Right, and it I was sending you videos. Because we had just happened to leave the day before to go to Charleston, which is two hours from here. And my girlfriend's dad is just literally sending us videos like, hey, here it is. And we're like, what? And it's just over the house. And then he heard the boom and it was shot down. What is going on? Is this is this actually spyware? Is this something we created? You know, conspiracy theory? Or what is going on, man? Uh, no one knows. Everything's conjecture, right? We have uh, the balloon that they found over Montana that they let casually make its way uh, over to South Carolina before shooting it down. So we have that. We have the thing, the UFO that they shot down in Alaska. 
which they have not placed blame on anyone for, uh, which is smart to, to not assign that to anyone as to not cause confrontation. We have the lasers. Have you seen the Hawaii lasers? Yeah. So we have those. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't think anyone does. Is it China? Probably. Probably is, but the other thing is this. This is what we do to everyone. <laughs> we are we we are the bully. Like don't don't forget, the American people are not. The American government is right. Like Jimmy Dore, uh, went on a really good riff. I think he was on um, uh, the Fox News guy Tucker Tucker Carlson. Jimmy Dore was on there, and he was like, no, no. He's like, Putin's not a good guy, don't get me wrong, but the military-industrial complex is the villain. Villain of the world. That's the truth, right? Like, they're the ones who kind of instigate everything so they can profit off of everything. And is it China? Yeah, probably. Um, is Are there some secret handshakes going on way, way up top? Yeah, most likely. It's, it's, it's a very weird time because everything's conjectured. Right. Like this is not like last year when um, when the pipeline got bombed and we knew it was the U.S. right away, but no one was willing to say it like there was speculation right now. We just don't know. Um, the the stuff that they found uh, as far as the materials and, and source and things being unknown and possibly made in America, that would be ironic if the Chinese balloon had American made parts since everything we have is made over there. Um but yeah, man, it's it's crazy times. We're we're technically in World War Three already. This is something that, like, you know, ten years, twenty years from now, in the history books, when they look back, they're gonna be like, yeah, World War Three started in twenty twenty two, right? Like, because that's where we're at. And so now, with um, that escalation, you have China making aggressive movements towards Taiwan. We fired an intercontinental ballistic missile into the Pacific Ocean. It's kind of like a, a wave to the world to say, like, we're here and we're looking. And so, yeah, we're already there. Um, but for the people listening to the, these shenanigans and no one invading, no one coming here, don't worry about that. You don't have to worry about the balloons. You don't have to worry about any Chinese people coming to America because we're armed to the teeth. This is the place you can't invade because the citizens will kill you quicker than the military. <laughs> so we're all good here. But the question is, you know, now that we've sent a lot of munitions and tanks to the Ukraine and we have a lot of bases worldwide that need to be manned and, you know, they, they need munitions, they need vehicles, they need artillery, they need those things. If we do decide to go to Taiwan and fight China, how, how stretched then will we be? That will be the real That'll be the real question. And let's see what all this military budget that we have is actually good. Yeah, and I, I don't know much about this, but I did see uh, a statistic the other day, and it was talking about how over the last, uh, maybe it even went into the decade, you know, the decline um, in uh, new signups for the military and how it's just been, you know, on a downswing for, for a few years which may be good, may, maybe not good, right, for getting ready to ramp up for possibly a war. Definitely not good if what you're saying is true and that we are stretched thin. That that starts to then really lean into the, the Redneck Rebellion. We need, we need sign-ups. 
much. I mean, if you look at military age men in this country right now, it's not looking too good. It's I don't I don't think the baristas who can't handle the four hour shift are gonna do too well if they have people firing guns at them and not throwing coffee orders at them. So um let's just hope that we can all sing kumbaya and uh get to peace very fast. Let's hope that happens. It'd be better for the world. You may know this, um, but I've heard Jordan Peterson reference this, and I haven't found it yet, but he references a statistic that was more alarming than, and I believe it's Jordan Peterson. Uh, if it's not, please correct me if you know what I'm talking about. But it was along the lines of young men in this country because everyone always likes to you know, point to the unemployment marker as, you know, where's the economy. Um, but I believe it was Jordan Peterson on a podcast talking about the thing that he's most alarmed with is the 6 million men I believe between, I want to say it was like 25 and 34 that don't have a job and aren't looking for a job. Does that, does that ring a bell for you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that was on, uh, set on Rogan when he brought that up, I believe, I believe it was. Uh, it, it could have been. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure it was Jordan Peterson. Um, but I, I've tried to look into it. I can't find the statistic and I'm probably just not prompting. I need, you know, to do better with chat GPT, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Need better on my TikTok refinement searches. Um, do you, do you know anything about that though, as far as that that statistic? Because uh, I know we get confused a lot: unemployment up or down in the economy, and and that, those are things for another day. But I'm just curious on your take about the: is there actually six million men that don't have jobs and aren't looking for jobs? Is, is that is that real? Oh, I, I would I would imagine so. And and this is where we can talk tied into the the unemployment. Um, this has been a while. So back under Obama, uh, it, it got changed to where you got, you got your six months of unemployment and you're out the door. Like you used to just keep filing extensions and extensions and you would get less money each time, but you could keep doing the thing. And then you got, it was changed. So you got six months and that was it. And you were done. And so that's also why unemployment is never an accurate, uh, data point for people who actually have jobs because you know when someone's like oh we have 3.6 percent unemployment this is a record low actually we may have a record people who've been unemployed longer than six months because they're no longer actually able to report that they're unemployed and so that's always skewed data and so i'm going to assume that that's probably where that comes from is uh something to having to do with that and so when you look at the fact that we have um We'll we'll say a a generation who we're we're now at the point where all of the kids when they were like six months old and they were taken out to eat by their parents they start crying they were handed a phone they were handed an iPad they were handed something right away where they were like hey if you cry we'll give you something immediately so all these kids are now of age and we're starting to see that for the first time so if you're wondering where the entitlement society that we live in ever came from. Uh, I'm pretty sure it all started with handing our kids devices in public to get them to stop crying. Like, think about the conditional response that you grow up with having, right? Think about the sense of entitlement that that would breed. And so, yeah, it's completely possible and probable that we have so many young men out there who are either not employed, not looking, 
uh, living in their parents' basement, right? Like there's a whole lot of compounding variables that go into that with like the economy and uh, inflation, who can afford what? And yeah, so are there that? Yeah, I can guarantee that there are. The question is, what are they doing? Are they trying to become YouTube superstars? Are they trying to be like Twitch, whatever, influencers? Maybe, maybe not. Are they just sitting there being bums? Some of them, probably. Uh, some of them, are they like side hustlers online who don't have an LLC and they're just taking payments on Venmo? Probably. But the point is, they're not really doing anything that constructive, right? Like, of course, some of them are. But for the most part, they're not. And so this is not this is not a good generation of men in this country. Something needs to drastically change because we're definitely at the the point in our society where we have the weakest set of men that we've ever had. Hormonally speaking, right, we can talk about testosterone levels and and where they're at, especially for young men right now compared to where they were in the year two thousand. You know, not that long ago, one generation ago. Right. If we think of every generation as every 18 years, go back 23 years, go back to the year 2000, look up testosterone markers for 60 year old men. I'll look it up for like a 30 year old man. See that they're basically about the same thing. Right. And so there's a whole lot of variables that come to this, but what it leads to is we're going to have a definite two tier society in this country. And that gap is getting wider all the time. Because the people who don't do, don't do. And they continue to have kids who don't do. And that section used to be a lot smaller. And that section is growing rapidly. And it's changing society. And so that's something that we need to address. Young men need to find something to do with their energy that is constructive. They need to be building things. They need to be out teaming up, conquering things. Because it's what we're wired to do. We still haven't escaped our, our stupid biology from thousands of years ago. And so if we want to uh, start to see some real change in this in this country, in this society, we, we need an Andrew Tate who maybe doesn't talk about the weird shit that Andrew Tate talked about. Because he did, he was speaking honestly and he was a good voice for young men to get behind except some of the crazy shit that he talked about. Right. Like, let's leave all that stuff out there. And for the rest of it, the messaging is good. And so, yeah, the, the young men in this country need to be inspired. They need to be uplifted. They need to be motivated. They need to start doing something. And so maybe just maybe, hopefully not, but maybe, maybe a little draft will help turn young men into men again, because people who fought on the beaches of Normandy were like 19 and the people who founded this country, like. 18, 19, 20. And an 18, 19, 20 year old right now can't survive the shift at Starbucks. We've all seen the video of the barista melting down that they expect them to work eight hours a day. And they expect them to get through a lunch shift without breaks or whatever that kid was crying about. Heart goes out to him, kind of, because he's been set up for this. But it's, it's, it's not a good place to be in society. I think that's a great place to transition to what is kind of upon us and what has been around that a lot of people probably didn't know because it was more for engineers and tech nerds, but now has been just fully thrusted into everybody's face and that is AI, right? 
everyone knows what Siri is, right? But no one really thought intuitively like, oh, this is AI that I'm talking to. This is a, like, everyone's like, oh, they're spying on you. You kind of got what that meant, but you didn't really think about like, oh, what's the next step here, right? And there was the commercials from, I think, uh, LG and Google uh, and also Amazon, like how it could help your life, right? But now it's in everybody's face with ChatGPT and all these programs that are being launched now. Is this the time where somebody who maybe is in that, whether it's, you know, man or woman that isn't sure what they're going to do, like, I see this time as a level playing field for lots of people to be able to learn new skills yep. that we're at a time, no one really knows how to use this, maybe engineers, but this is almost a level playing field where if you get good now and start embracing the change and the things you could do to help other people with these skills, with AI, because it's not the end all be all, you could actually level yourself up and possibly find some purpose of, of something you wanted to do. So first, do what, what's going on with this AI revolution? What, what what is happening? What what is your um, temp on on this new field and, and f reality that we're living in? So this is to to our experience the pinnacle of the hockey stick of growth. So what I mean by that is um, if you've ever seen uh, Cosmos with Neil deGrasse Tyson, in I think the first episode he's talking about like the entire history of our universe and all of existence being billions of years and it's all on a calendar and us humans are the in the very last minute of the very last hour of the very last day of the year and so that's like the peak that's the hockey stick of growth now think about technology and think about where we were at 20 years ago when cell phones just came around and no one had a smartphone right like smartphones literally came out 20 years ago at this point, I believe not, it's been less than that. So you had a cell phone 20 years before that, those things were bricks. No one, no one had them. 20 years before that, they weren't even a thought. 20 years ago, we had them. Think about in the last 20 years, everything that's transpired. This is the pinnacle. What AI is going to do is going to be a quicker revolution in existence than when social media came about, which definitely changed us. It's starting to change humans. And so AI is very exciting and very scary because we don't know anything about it yet. And we're going to start, we're starting to see competition, right? Uh, Microsoft poured $10 billion into open AI who are the people, you know, who have chat GPT. And um, while, well, by the way, also laying off 7,000 workers, which tells you where their priority is. It's definitely not with people. So uh, we have that, but then Google entered with, you know, uh, I can't remember the name of theirs. They lost $200 million market share in one day because the AI gave a wrong answer. And so that's how heavily humanity is betting on AI being the future, and they're right. And so right now, if you can get in with AI. Now, every person on YouTube, every personality, every marketer is like, how to make money with AI, how to make money. Don't, don't you think the other million people who viewed that are doing the same things you're doing? So it is of incredible benefit, but you gotta do it the right way. And so you can't just lean on AI because, so by example, um, someone 
that I'm involved heavily with their business sent me an entire post. And I responded, I was like, that was written by AI. Yep, sure was. Because it doesn't write like a human. It doesn't evoke emotion, right? And so all of the people out there right now who are like, oh, I'm going to use this. It's going to write all my SEO uh, for, for uh, you know, ranking on Google. And it's I'm going to use it to use this copyright writing framework and it's going to write me three paragraphs on blank, blank, blank. That may work for like a term paper. And they'll evolve that too. But it doesn't work in marketing, not the way you're being told it does. And so that's why you still need the skill sets. You need to understand copywriting. You need to understand persuasion. You need to understand sales psychology. You need to understand these skills. And so you can spend more time understanding these skills that are so valuable to work with humans because at the end of the day, your clients and customers are going to be humans. And then you can pull the lever of AI to say, hey, generate me a blah, 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 blah. And it generates the thing. And then you look at it and you make the changes. And so it took the 30 minutes to write the stuff. And now it's going to take you the three minutes to edit the thing and switch out some words and switch out some sentences. And so right now is definitely the time to become very knowledgeable of AI, different tools out there, how to use them, how to create systems to use them, because it's going to certainly give you a little bit more time freedom than you had in the past. But, you know, conversely, if you are the person who you are the copyright, you can become a one person agency right now. And you can go serve a whole bunch of other people, right? Like before an agency, you would have needed to have different employees. No, 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 no. Now, if you can, instead of learning how to play the trumpet and then have someone who learns how to play the drums and someone who plays saxophone, instead of that, you quite simply just pick up the stick and you go to the front and you become the maestro and you're conducting the orchestra. And so now you can be a one-person agency and you can serve lot more larger businesses and a lot of small businesses and a, long, a lot of single person, like the one person business. And so right now it's all open. It's all exciting and it is to be leveraged. However, if you do not have the person skills, if you don't know how to speak to them emotionally through copy, storytelling, things like this, it's going to be worthless because the people who can do that stuff who are using AI, are the ones who are going to get all of the monies from them. All of it. But what's scary is when the AIs start competing with each other, when they have access to everything, that's what's going to be scary because we don't know what happens there. We don't know if this turns into Terminator 2. We don't know if the AI has the codes to the red buttons. We don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And so we're going to find out in the next 12 to 24 months how all this shakes out. Yeah, everybody laughed when I think Facebook released their AI. This was a few years ago, right? And they had the demo and it was the two robots and they were talking back and forth. And within a few minutes, everybody got freaked out because they started talking in their own language. <clears throat> I don't know if you remember that or not, but oh, I do. yeah. And then everybody was like, oh, okay, uh, let's completely uh, disembark on this journey and start a new one because this is weird within minutes they were just communicating their own language which makes sense if you're a robot i guess you know you're supposed to have conversation maybe you just talk in your language and now we've just released that on the world and there's a reason right right now why it's free and that's because it's still in beta possibly alpha they'll call it beta maybe delta but it's because they don't even know 
right? They've just put kind of parameters on it yep. and said, probably don't talk about these things. And other than that, it's just testing. We don't know what we've agreed to when we go and log into that website. It could instantly download, you know, a spyware to your computer on your phone. Like, yeah, right? If you, there's a couple cool ones that aren't like fully released to the public yet. They're AI assistants, right? I imagine AI being Jarvis and Iron Man. Yeah, exactly. Right? You have to know the things, but it helps you. And it can give you basically a, you know, plus or minus, um, this is what we believe will happen with this set of data, right? Within this type of percentage error, right? It's with 90% confidence, we think with what you just said, this will work, right? Still doesn't mean it will, but hey, this based on the data you've input, okay, so what if we rearrange this? Oh, confidence actually goes to 95%. Okay, cool, Let, let's start there then and see. But as you said, it does not one, tell you what's interesting because that's, that's human, this podcast. If I ask AI to go find the three most interesting things we've talked about, it would just be like, well, I don't know. Here's three things you talked about, right? doesn't mean it was the most interesting. It's not going to tell us what may go viral or not. might not tell us what gets us the most comments. That That's not an AI thing. So to your point about leverage, if you don't know how to do the things or what you're even looking for, when you go to use these tools, you're just going to get these surface level answers from it, which is fine. Maybe that's what you need to prompt. Like, hey, give me 10... Uh, tips to coaching. Give me 10 macro-friendly recipes. Hey, give me 10 marketing solutions for a creator. Whatever it is, right? And it can spit things out at you and it can like, oh yeah, no, that's a good thing to talk about. And this is how I can break that down, right? Going back to your key points, things that you've used from your own experience. That's how you should be looking at it right now. So as an individual, if you can do those things, amazing. Now, if you're looking for an opportunity, I think going back to learning the skill set. If you can figure out how these things work together, I would probably caution about going too far down a rabbit hole on just one because we don't know what's coming next. Yep. Tomorrow, 20 new softwares could launch and it makes everything else irrelevant. But I think from a first principle standpoint, you need to see how they're connecting and what they're doing. And if you can kind of slowly figure that out, you can definitely help a business owner <clears throat> or somebody that is an army of one that needs help, whether it's finances or it is content creation or something else, <clears throat> because of the stuff you could pump out, you could charge them a smaller fee and give them way more prompts. That way they didn't have to worry about it. We talk about time freedom, money freedom, sense of purpose. You could definitely do that time freedom. Hey, I get it. Chat GBT and these AIs, it can be weird, wonky and not give you what you want. Uh, I am happy to give you 30 prompts every other week to talk about on social media for, you know, hundred bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever it is, right? Like that's opportunity that you could do very quickly to just be able to start utilizing these things and help other people out. Absolutely. If, uh, so this is where you're going to start seeing new opportunities and niches. And so by example, because AI is a force multiplier, when you know how to use the tool appropriately, if you are a capable copywriter, and you understand health and nutrition, fitness, this niche, you could say, hey, I'm going to, um, beyond prompts, I'm actually going to give you 20 posts. So there's five posts a week, four weeks in a month, call it. I'm going to give you a month's worth of content, thousand bucks every month. 
You can do that in a day. You could take on 10 clients who would pay you gladly $1,000 a month to not have to do anything and just post your stuff. And now you have a 10K a month recurring business, not the mythical 10K month that happens once, but you automatically have a recurring business. And I know that's a simplified version of it, but social media managers, four to $5,000 a month or more, people who just create the content, probably half of that, cool. You're going to do it for 40%. Think about how many people would outsource the entirety of their content creation if you can speak the language in the copy and you can generate any type of imagery using AI or text to text to image, text to video, whatever, or they're free to just put pictures of themselves and their clients on there. That's an easy day at the office. And so you will see the rise of the one person agency who specializes in the one thing for the one group. And so you're going to see niches within niches that are going to start to arise from this. And they're going to be very successful with very basic skill sets. Yeah. I would like to give people probably a couple tools. There's a, there's a couple that we'll, uh, we'll put in reserves for now because Michael and I are still testing them part of something possibly pretty cool and an experiment we have coming. Uh, obviously, I think at this point, most people know ChatGPT. It is down a lot because of the overwhelming number of people that are on it. And, you know, if you're like, well, I'll go at nighttime. Well, you got to understand nighttime for us is daytime for other parts of the world. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, I've definitely noticed if you go to the server itself, and I think you've noted this as well, yeah, you have a better chance. If you just go to ChatGPT, like, good luck. But if you go to OpenAI, create an account, it's free. Um, you go directly to it, and normally I can get in, uh, unless it's like the middle of the day here in the U.S. You got, I think, all the kids in college trying to write term papers, so <laughs> you just can't get in. But I, ChatGPT uh, for copy, uh, Quillbot is great. Uh, I think there's one called Copy.ai as well. Copy.ai. Yeah. Jasper. And Jasper's great. Jasper, I'll say, is paid, though, and you don't really get to test much out without paying. Um, the others usually have a free entity that you yeah. can you can do. Uh, are there any others that you think, maybe even if they're not just necessarily copy, like any others um, that might be helpful for, you know, uh, yeah. as a winner? So, um, you know, let's, let's say you do webinars. Let's say you sell one-to-many. Um, Tome, I think it's called, T-O-M-E is yep. AI that will generate, you can type in like, you know, create a, create a presentation on chocolate chips. And it's going to create with images. Uh, I think it's 10 slides. Um, I haven't tried to play with it beyond, you know, just generating the normal thing, but it will create the entire presentation for you in a matter of like 30 seconds. Uh, there is a website builder um we'll plug it in the show notes i can't think of the name like sidekick is one of them it is i will check my notes um i know i have it right here it's called yeah the, the one i know is called sitekick.ai um it, it is not open to the public though. They've closed it down and it's because they're doing like a round of testing. Uh, so if you already have an account, you can log in, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah. I can't think of uh, the name of this thing, but it is 
It it built. I've watched it build multiple websites in thirty seconds. And that, so, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's like generate me a website on blank. It asks you what you actually do, and then when you tell it what you do, it builds out a website for you. It'll create a testimonial. It'll create where you're located. Builds it out in that style. And so, I mean, literally thirty seconds. That's awesome. The the one I sent you the other day, I don't have that one up. Uh, sorry, we've two in a row we've not nailed but all you gotta do is just start googling any of this and it'll come up um but the one that would basically you just send it the picture of what you want you snapshot it right and it creates the wireframe on a new landing page for you like that one's yeah. like i know a lot of designers probably just like crap themselves when they saw that they're like well there goes my hundred dollar fiverr charge right uh notions coming out with ai which will be great if you use that i know you and i both use that to to help us take notes and to position our days um there's there's a great one for podcasts if you're a podcaster uh it's it's through adobe and it's just called enhance adobe so if you already have an adobe account it's free and it just makes the the sound more rich so it just levels everybody out and makes the sound more rich even if you have a pretty decent microphone the enhancement it uses is something that you know a podcast company would charge you hundreds of dollars a month just to do um, so that one's actually really really good there's a couple ones for data. Uh, one's called Akio, A-K-K-I-O. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good if you uh, want some help with forecasting or to crunch numbers, if you use uh, a CRM or any type of uh, Google Sheets, it can go through that. There is a little bit of a learning curve with most of, most of this stuff. So I would say, number one, if you're going to use any of them, go to YouTube first, maybe yep. just look through some videos. Back to what we always say, problems have solutions. Know what problem you're trying to solve versus just being like, I want to explore AI. Like, that's fine. And you can do that if you have downtime, but you're going to get lost very quickly or just start in play around mode because there's so many things that that are out there at the moment. Reminds me kind of like crypto, right? About four or five years ago, right? Everyone just is like launching all these programs and products and all this money's being poured in through investing, right? Because that's where it is. So everyone's got all these AI tools now. And some of them really aren't there yet, right? They're they're just cool concepts and ideas that aren't proven. No, so that's where I would caution. Be dead twelve months or less. Absolutely, yeah. that's where I would caution um, against that. Now we do have some cool ones. Again, I'm not going to say what they are here because we have some testing to do, especially around building things out, content, uh, and and more to really help people with efficiency. If it works, how it's been positioned to work and we can test it. Uh, I don't know about you, Michael, but I think it literally could be game changing for, for anyone who's, who's on their own and it can't afford somebody else to do, you know, a four to $5,000 job of um, creating content and, and de deploying it. You're going to be able to be like Neo at the matrix. You'll, you'll be the one basically because and you will be one with the tech and you'll be able to alter reality however you want to. So yes, absolutely. I think we call that program just the one. Maybe that's what we change it to, the one, right? A little, little curiosity building. Yep, the one. I like it. They think it comes from the Matrix, but it's really from like an old Jet Li movie, which is similar. Like there's the multiverse and there's an aspect of you in every reality. And Jet Li is just going around killing the other Jet Li's and all of the power consolidates and he becomes the one. Sounds... Uh... Sounds a lot like, uh, I almost said Captain Planet. <laughs> I was thinking of the Flash, but <laughs> Captain Planet's always appropriate. Left the ring. <laughs> uh, 